With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Sota Daf Memzayim, page 47. We begin on the bottom of Memvabu Mebez 46b. The verse says in regards to Elisha, that these two bears came out of the forest. And they gored through 42 children. Ravishmuel, we were on the top of Memzayim, on Al 47a. Ravishmuel, Chadomar Nes, Nes. One says it was a miracle, and one says there was a miracle inside of a miracle. The one who says it's just one miracle, there was a forest there, but there were no bears there. The one who says that it was a, a miracle inside of a miracle, there was no forest and there was no bears. So that was part of the nes. The nes was that there was a forest and there was bears. So the Gemara asked, What do you need this extra miracle for? Like, if you're making a miracle, just make the bears appear. What do you need the forest to appear? So Rashi says that if not for the fact that you had this forest, so the bears would have been scared to come out because they wouldn't have anywhere to run to. So part of the miracle was that bringing these bears but having them have a place to run to afterwards. Because of the 42 sacrifices that Balak, the king of Moab, he brought, So that's why 42 children, unfortunately, of the people of Israel, so they, in the, in the merit of Balak's, in the merit of Balak's sacrifices, so they died. Is this so? Yehuda says in the name of Rav, person should learn Torah and mitzvot even though he's doing it for the wrong reasons. Because if a person intends to get to Lishma, if he means to get there, to doing it for the right reasons, so even though he's starting with the wrong reasons, eventually he'll get to the right right reasons. So where do we see this from? We see this from Balak, says the Gemara. So in the, in the reward for the 42 sacrifices that Malach, Balak, the king of Moab, brought, so he merited that Rus came from her. Ruth, and Shlomo, and then Shlomo came from her. It says about him, a thousand carbonos, a thousand sacrifices did Shlomo bring. So we see in the merit of that, that's what happened because of Balak's bringing of those sacrifices. So how can you tell me that because of the 42 sacrifices, those children died? We see that the other way around, because of the 42 sacrifices, Shlomo came from him. So, Rus was the daughter of Eglon, who was the son of Balak. So the Gemara answers, His intention was to curse. So therefore, there were two things that came out of him. First thing is that, because of the good thing that he did, the sacrifice, so because of that, it came from him, Shlomo. Solomon was the one who brought many sacrifices to God. But because of the evil intent that he had, so 42 Jews, 42 children, they were wayward, they were off the track, and because of that, they were killed. So the people of the city said to Elisha, They said, look at the city, it's a beautiful city, like you see, etc. So the Gemara asks like this, First of all, the, the waters were horrible, and the land itself was not so good. What were they saying? It's a beautiful town. A place has a certain amount of grace upon those who live there. Because the people who live there, they see it with more of a subjective eye, and they see all the good things about the city. Whereas the people who live outside of it, they're more objective, and therefore they, they may not see 
from the inside, like those people who live there. Amar Yechanan. Yechanan says, There are three different graces. The first one is the one we just mentioned. The second one is that a woman on her husband has a certain amount of grace. It could be that she's not so pretty, says Rashi. But nevertheless, her husband will see her as pretty. It should be. And there's a certain amount of grace on someone who's buying something, that the person who's buying it, so it, he likes it, he looks good to him. So all of these things, since they belong to one, when a person has something, he feels like it is, so he sees it in a, in a good light. Turn around, we learned in Abraisa. There were three sicknesses that Elisha was stricken with. The first one, he got sick because of the fact that he sent, he set these bears on these children. And the second sickness was because he pushed away Gehazi with two hands. We'll see exactly what that means in the Hemshech. And the third one was the one that he died from. As the verse says, It says three different things. First it says he got sick with the sickness that he would die with. So you see three different things referring to those three different things. We learned in Abraham, a person's left hand should push away, but with the right hand he should pull a person in. Right. So the small represents din, and the right hand represents chesed. Left represents uh, judgment, the right hand represents kindness. So we're supposed to push away in a certain sense with judgment, but on the other hand, we're supposed to pull in with rachamim, with kindness, with mercy. Like Elisha, not like Elisha, because he pushed him away with both hands. And Rashi says, he turned around the rachamim, the mercy, to be, to be din. To be judgment. Like Yeshua ben Prachia, Shadach Vilecha Mitamidov. And not like Yeshua ben Prachia pushed away one of his students, and this says, according to this other Girsa, this Talmud that we're talking about is actually the one who began Christianity. Bishte Yadav, so he had pushed him away also with his two hands. So the Gemara says, Elisha Mahi, what is the story of Elisha? Before we begin, I just want to give you a little background. So actually, what happened was that there was a man named Naaman. He was the General of Aram, he was a very successful general, but he had tsaras, he had leprosy. So he comes to Elisha, and Elisha tells him, go in the, go in the lake, go in the Kinneret, and dip there seven times. So Naaman says, are you nuts? I'm gonna do this. He says to his, all of his followers, his entourage, he says, I'm gonna do this. What, the water's not good back where we come from in Aram. So they say, no, why don't you listen? The Navi said to do it, do it. So he goes, and then he goes in, the, in there seven times, and he comes out and he's clean. The tsaras leprosy is gone. So he comes back to Elisha and he's very excited. He says, thank you so much now I know that there's Hashem. And he says to him, I want to give you money. But Elisha refuses to take any money. So now, so Naaman goes on his way. And Gehazi, he says to himself, hey, this guy's ready to give money. What, what, let me go and, and get the money. So what happens? So Gehazi goes to Naaman. He says to Naaman, these two people, these two uh, students of the Navi, they came and they need food and they have no bread. So he says to them, you know, he says to Naaman, maybe you can give me some money. And Naaman's very excited because he really wanted to give money to Elisha. So he, he, this is where the verse comes in. Naaman says, Quickly, take some money, take these casa, take the, the silver. So then Gehazi comes back to Elisha, and Elisha says, where were you? And Gehazi says, nowhere. And so the verse says, so Elisha says, I know where you were. The verse says like this, Didn't you go? And when that man got off of his his horse, meaning he's referring to Naaman Lekroscha, to greet you, Ha'es Lakacha says Akesef, to, when you went to get the money, now you need to take money, you took enough money to be able to buy clothing, to buy olives, to buy vineyards, and to buy sheep and cattle, and slaves. So wait, so the Gemara says, The Gemara says, what is going on? Elisha is saying that he took all this stuff, but it's not true, he only took money. 
So Rabbi Yitzchak, so Rabbi Yitzchak says at that time, Elisha was learning the sugyos of Shmona Shratzim, the eight bugs. So Elisha says to him, Rasha, you Rasha, he's referring to Gehazi. So you've been learning all along with me, now you're going to get your schar in this world for the Shmona Shratzim, for the eight bugs. So, so the eight corresponds to the eight different things that are enumerated in this verse. And that's why he said all these eight different things, even though actually all he took was money. But there was enough money for all these eight things. And the leprosy of Naaman, said Elisha to Gehazi, will be attached to you and to all your children forever. As the verse says, there were four men who were leprous. This is referring to Gehazi and his three sons. So what do we see from all of this? We see that Gehazi was pushed away by Elisha with both hands. He didn't try to bring him back in. What happens? Vayelech Elisha Damasek. So Elisha goes down to Damascus. Lama halach? Why he go? He tried to get Gehazi to repent. He didn't repent. He says to him, repent. He says to him, no, this is what I heard from you. Anyone who has sinned and caused others to sin, so Hashem doesn't allow him to do tshuva because his sins are too great. My Avad, so what was it that he had done? What did Gehazi do that was Chayte Umachti? Ikat Amri, that those who say, He had taken a magnet and he used a magnet to hang up the Chatas, the sacrifice of Yeravam, up in the air. And he hung it there between the sky and the ground. Ikat Amri, that those who say, Not only that, but he, he, engraved, so to speak, he wrote a name of Hashem onto the mouth of this animal. And the animal was saying, It was speaking, and it made it sound like it is the God, is God. So it was a horrible, horrible thing, it was a horrible scene that Gehazi created, and therefore he was considered a one who sins and causes others to sin. Now those who say that Gehazi was preventing people from coming and learning Torah from Elisha, as the verse says, the verse says that the, the students, his students, so they said to him, this place is very tight. So, we can deduce from here that before, it wasn't so tight. Meaning, and as long as Gehazi was there, he wasn't letting people in. But now, all of a sudden, as soon as Gehazi was gone, so, he was, so, so now they let all these other students in, and therefore it was very tight in there. So that was the hate that he did, the sin that he did that caused others to sin. Because he wasn't allowing people to reach their potential in spirituality. Yehoshua ben Parachia Mahi. What's the story with Rabbi Yehoshua ben Parachia? So the Gemara says, When Yane the king was killing out the rabbis, Shimon ben Shetach atminu achte. So Shimon ben Shetach was hidden by his sister. Rabbi Yehoshua ben Parachia azal arak la Alexandria shemitzrayim. Rabbi Yehoshua ben Parachia ran down to Alexandria in Egypt. Ki havashlama when everything was beseder, meaning everything had, had cooled down. Shalach le Shimon ben Shetach. So he sent him a message. Shimon ben Shetach sent a message to Rabbi Yehoshua ben Parachia. Mini Yerushalayim Ir HaKodesh Lecha From here, from me, Jerusalem, the holy city, to you, Alexandria Shomitzrayim, uh, Alexandria of Egypt, Achoisi Bali Shari B'Soichich My sister, my husband, is dwelling inside of you, Vani Yosheb Shemema, and I remain here desolate. So basically, what he was saying is everything's okay here, and I'm all alone and come back. 
Amar Shmamino, so he said to himself, Rabbi Yushu ben Prachya, we can deduce from here, Havale Shlama, that everything's okay. He figured out the message. Ki Asa, when he was on the way, Ikla Lohu Ushpiza, he stayed in a certain inn. Kam Kamayhu Biyakara. So people were standing in front of him out of respect. Shapir Avdi Layakara Tuva, they did a tremendous amount of honor for him. Yasiv, Akamishtabech, so he was sitting there, Bishum Prachia, with his students. And one of his students was Yashka, the beginning, the founder of Christianity before he went off the path. So he was saying, he was he was sitting there and he was saying, "Oh, what a beautiful place this is, and how beautiful are the hosts." So one of his students said, "This is referring to the founder of Christianity, Rabbi Ene Trotus." He's like, "What do you mean? Her eyes are very round, the hostess. What do you mean she's beautiful?" Amarlei, so Bishum and Prachi said, Russia, you evil person, this is what you're involved in, you're looking at other people's wives. I wasn't looking at them, I wasn't saying she's beautiful physically, I was saying how beautiful they are, what nice people they are. Apik Arbamea Shipuri, it seems like he took out these 400 chauffeurs, Vishamta, and he put him into a band. Every day, so this guy, Yashka, so he kept coming back and asking him to forgive him, and he wouldn't accept him. Yomachad, one day, have a kari kriyashma. Rabbi Shumim Prachia was saying kriyashma. Asa the kamei have a bedaita lekebule. So he came in front of him while he was in the middle of saying shema, and he intended to forgive him. Achvi lebiade. So he signed at him with his hand that he means to forgive him. Savar madcha dochile, but Yashka thought that he meant to push him away. Azal zakiv levinta palcha. He went, he stood up this piece of stone, and he bowed down to the piece of stone. Amar lei chazorecha. So Bishubim ben Prachis said to him, Do tshuva. Amar lei kach mechublana This is what I learned from you. Kol achoyte yomachti zarabim im aspikim yadolas is tshuva. That anybody who has sinned, and he causes others to sin, so he doesn't have the ability to repent. Damar mar, mar said, in reference to Yeshu, in reference to Yashka, kishef vihisis vihidiach vehechtis Yisrael. He did magic and did other things to cause the Jews to sin. Tanya Bishim ben Lazar, Amir Bishim ben Lazar says, Yetzer, Tinaik, Ve'isha, these three things, when it comes to your Yetzer and to a child and to a woman, Te smoil doiche v'imin mikareves. You have to be very careful about how you uh, give any kind of advice or any kind of criticism. When it comes to your Yetzer who wants to have all kinds of illicit relations with people, so you have to be very careful, you have to only provide him with Pirivirivya uh, in the correct way by getting married. When it comes to a child, you have to give the correct type of Musar, the correct kind of uh, guidance, the same thing with a woman. Masnizim, we begin the Mishnah. Nimtzaharig actually nerfa egla. Let's say the person who was the murderer is found, and it's before you actually went and killed the calf. So the animal is not considered holy, it can go out, there's no problems, it doesn't have any holiness. Once it's already been killed, so it's buried in its place. The whole reason it came in the first place was for some kind of doubt. So it already atoned for that, for that doubt. And it's done, it's done with already. Let's say they already killed the, the calf. And then they found the murderer, Hareze Yehareg. So the murderer is still killed. Meaning the fact that you have some kind of atonement, it only atones for some kind of suffix, for the doubt. But when there's actually a murderer, of course he has to be killed. One witness says, I saw the murderer. And another witness says, no, you couldn't have seen it because you were with me. If there's a woman who says, I saw the murderer. 
And there's one woman who says that no, you didn't see because you were with me. Are you orphan? So since there we have one against one, so they cancel each other out, and therefore we're left with the suffix with the doubt, and therefore they did do the arifa, they did kill this cow, this calf. One says, I saw this person kill, and then you have two people saying, no, you couldn't have been because you were with us, are you orphan? So obviously that one guy is not believed, and they would indeed do the arifa, they would kill the calf. Two people say, we saw this guy kill him, and one person says, no, you didn't, so they would not... Uh, kill the calf because we know exactly who the murderer is. We have two witnesses, and the one witness is not going to make any difference. Once there started to be a lot of murderers, Batla Egla Rufa. Whole concept of Egla Rufa stopped. When Eliezer ben Dinoi came, so he called himself Tchina ben Prisha. He gave himself a nickname so that people wouldn't know who he was. Everyone knew there was a famous murderer named Eliezer ben Dinoi. Well, Tchina ben Prisha Haya Nikra, this is what he called himself. So Chazir the Christ ben Aratzchon, when everyone realized who he was, they started to call him instead of ben Prisha, they started to call him ben Aratzchon, the murderer. Mishorabu Hamanafim, when there became many people doing adultery, Pasku Hamayim Hamar, they stopped doing the whole thing of Sota. Rav Yechem Ezaka was the one who stopped them. Shemar, the verse says, he brought this following verse, So he wouldn't, Hashem says, I'm not going to open up your daughters when they're doing all kinds of znus, when they're very much involved in uh, licentious behavior, and on your daughter-in-laws when they are adulterous. Mishames Yosi ben Yoazer, when Yosi ben Yoazer died, Ish Tzreda, the man of Tzreda, Yosi ben Yehuda, Ish Yerushalayim, Yosi the son of Yehuda, the man of Jerusalem, Batlu HaEshkolais, that was the end of the Eshkolais, so the Gemara is going to say that means a person, Shekol, boy, that has everything in him, like one of the most well-rounded individuals. Shemar, as the verse says, Ein Eshkolachol Bikura Ivisanavshi, there is no perfect one to eat, uh, the best one, Bikura is the best one, does my soul desire, so they're all gone. Yochanan Kohen Gadol heavier Haidoyas Hamaiser. Yochanan Kohen Gadol took away the whole concept of admitting, saying that I have gotten rid of all of the Maiseris. Afu Bitlas Hamayirin Vesanaikfin. He also got rid of the concept of Maayirin and Naikfin. The Gemara is going to explain exactly what those things are. So we turn the page to Amud Beis. I'm Zayin Amud Beis, forty-seven B. Ad Yamav Hayapatish Makav Yushalayim until his days. So during Chol Hamoid, during Yom Tiv, during the week. So there was, you could hear the hammers banging in Jerusalem, which was okay because it was something that was permitted in order that there shouldn't be a loss of money. But he said that you can't do that. It was only until his days, but in his days he said you can't do that anymore because people won't understand the reason why you're doing it, why you're allowed to do it. And he also was Masak, and then in his days you don't have to ask about the Mai, which means that you have to assume that everything was not taken Miser off of when you're buying something from an ignoramus, and therefore you have to take off the Miser. Don't even ask whether it is has been taken off already. Gemara. We begin the Gemara. Tan Rabban, we learned that a So say, how do we know that if the animal has already been killed and the afterwards they find the murderer that we don't doesn't get doesn't take off the chi of misa that the person has to be killed the one who's the murderer that's what the verse says the land shall not be atoned for by the blood that was poured upon it only by the blood of the one who spilled the blood originally so you see the one who was the murderer the only atonement for him is if his blood is spilled 
We said if we have one aid saying that I saw it, etc. Time of the machish lay. So we said if you have one against one, so then that's why. So they're canceled out. So if there would be no one uh, coming to contradict the first aid, so he would be believed. How do we know this is As the verse says, The verse says it's not known who has hit him. If, if it is known, that some, somebody knows who was the murderer. Even if one person was at the end of the earth, so they wouldn't have done this whole process of the Egla Arufa. How do we know that if the Sanhedrin, the high court in Jerusalem, saw someone killing someone else, so they don't recognize him, nevertheless, they still would not go through this whole entire process of the Egla Arufa. That's what the verse says. Our eyes didn't see. They did indeed see. So since they can't see these words, so clearly we don't do the whole process of Egla Arufa. Now the Gemara asks, Hash the Amr Seidach Mehamin. Now that we're saying that one one witness is indeed believed. So how can the other person come along and contradict him? Behold, Ula said, Anytime that the Torah believes one witness, he's considered like two. So the one who's coming along can't hold up to the one, the first guy who's considered like two. So Ula says, Rather read it that indeed they would not do the process of Egla Arufa because we do indeed believe the first guy. And so did Rabbi Yitzchak say, Tani, we learned, and indeed, they would not do the process of Eglat Rufa. Rabbi Chia Amar, Rabbi Chia says, Tani Hayu Arfin, that indeed they did do the process. So Rabbi Chia, Kasha de Ula, like Kasha. According to Rabbi Chia, the question of Ula, that behold, the first guy is considered like two witnesses, is not a problem. You know why? When is it true that he's considered like two witnesses? Only if they came on two different occasions, but if they come one after the other, the second one speaks, within a certain amount of time of the first one. So then indeed, they can cancel each other out. We learned in the Mishnah, If you have one aide saying, one witness saying that we see, we, he saw the murderer, and two people saying, No, you didn't because you were with us, are you orphan? They would indeed have done the whole process of Egla Rufa. That would imply, Only in that case do we say that they went through the process. But if you had one against one, so they would not go through the process. So this is a problem with Rabbi because according to him, they would have indeed done the whole process. The Gemara says, wait, according to your own reasoning, it says in the Seifa, in the last case, two people say, we saw it. And one person is saying, no, you didn't, you were with me. So we don't care about what the one person says, and we do indeed not, we don't do the whole process of the Egla Arufa. This would imply, if you have one against one, you would indeed do the process of Egla Arufa. So what do we see from this? You have two contradictory do you can two contradictory things that we can deduce. It's coming to teach us a totally different halacha as to do with people that are normally not allowed to be witnesses. In this case, they are allowed to be witnesses. So it's teaching us the following. That he says, Anytime the Torah believes a single witness, So when you're believing a single witness, so you can have even a woman is believed, and you have a slave is believed. So you go after the the most amount, the rove of opinions. And so according to this first version of Rabbi Nechemia, so two women are considered in regards to one man, like normally what two men are considered in regards to one man. Those who say no, that this is not the understanding, this is not what Rabbi Nechemia said. Whenever you have a single aid who's normally a good aid and normally a good witness, if he's the one that comes first, even if you have a hundred different women, they're only considered like one.
So what's the case over here? That the case was where the original person who came was one woman. And the two people that came afterwards were two women. So the way it works is that those two women will cancel out the first woman. Explain Rabbi Nehemiah as follows. We need to explain his words. Rabbi Nehemiah says, Wherever the Torah believes, a single witness, you go after the majority opinion. And they made two women in regards to one woman, like two men in regards to one man. When I have two women in regards to one man, it's considered like you have one against one. So why do we need two cases of Psula Edus at the end of the Mishnah? You would have thought, When do we go after the majority opinion? That's only when we're coming to say that we will indeed bring the Egla Rufa. We will go through that whole process of Alakula. But to say that we won't go and, and, and do the whole process of Egla Rufa because we're going to believe these two versus one, maybe not. That's what we're coming to say. That indeed, in that case, we do believe the two versus the one always even when a leniency results. The Gemara continues, We said, when there became a lot of murderers, so we stopped doing Egla Arufa. When we learned in a when the murderers abounded, The Egla Arufa stopped because it only comes when we have some kind of doubt. When the murderers were, well, everyone knew about them, therefore, since it's something that's apparent, we know who was killing, so therefore we don't do Egla Arufa. So when they, there were a lot of adulterers, so they stopped doing the Soto waters. We learned that uh, when the man is clean from any kind of sin, only when the man is clear of sin, only then will the waters check his wife. But if he's not clean of sin, so the waters don't check him. Check his wife. The Aimer, the verse says, I will not open up your daughters, meaning allow them to have birth, to give birth if they're if they're uh, adulterous. My Aimer, why does it need to say the second verse? That all we care about is if he's doing some kind of sin. What about if his children, his son or his daughter is doing some kind of sin? We don't care. So that's why the verse says, If the children are doing any kind of uh, illicit relations, so they're also the mother also will not be able to be checked. Maybe it's only if there's some kind of adulterous relationship. But not if they're having relations with a woman who's not married. They separate themselves from their husbands and go along with women who are promiscuous. And they hang out with these uh, prostitutes, etc. What does the verse mean when it says that a nation who doesn't understand will become weary? The prophet said to the people of Israel, If you are careful about yourselves, So then the water has the ability to check your wives. If you're not careful about yourselves, about doing some kind of znus, some kind of promiscuous behavior, It's not going to check your wives. So that's the understanding of the verse, That if you don't understand that you need to be proper yourself, then you become weary, and then the, the waters will not be able to check your wives. From the time that people got very involved in physical desires, so that began when the judgments became bent and the actions of people became 
destroyed. So Hashem had no place to go in the world because Hashem didn't enjoy anything from the people of the world. Everyone was involved in doing all kinds of things very self-centeredly. From the time the people started to show favoritism in regards to his judgments, the verse that says, the Moshe Rabbeinu says, do not fear any man. He was talking to the judges. So that became, battle became nullified. And they stopped the concept of not showing favoritism. They took off the yoke of heaven. And placed upon themselves in, in its place the yoke of people. From the time that people started to go and, and secretly tell the, the judges their side of the case so that they would become successful. So that brought a tremendous amount of anger from Hashem onto the people of Israel. And it took away the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence. Mishim Shinemar, the verse says, Actually, the beginning of the verse is, That Hashem is involved with a group of people who are joining for L'Shem Shemaim. But when they're not doing it, L'Shem Shemaim, they're not doing it for Heaven's sake, so then Hashem is not there. From the time that it started to be a lot of people who were just going after the desires of their hearts, so there became many people saying, whatever is good, whatever is evil is good, whatever is good is evil. When that started to be said, so there were many people now saying, in the world, everyone is, is saying words of woe. From the time that people started to do this thing, so, I don't know exactly what it means, but it's it's doing something that's very gaivedic, very prideful. So the people with full of pride became more. So there became less people learning Torah. The Torah is searching. Who's going to learn it? When there became many people who were very prideful, so the daughters of Israel started to marry these people. Because everyone only looks at the superficial level. Aini, is that so? Of Amar Mar, behold, Mar said, Haiman de Miher, a person who is very prideful, Afilu Ainshi Beiselamikabel. So even the people of his home will not accept this. Shemar, as the verse says, Gever Yarvela Yinve, a person who is very prideful, he will not be beautiful. Lo Yinve, what does it mean? Lo Yinve, Afilu Binavishalai, even the beautiful one of his house, meaning his wife. So the Gemara answers, Meikara Kavza Allah. At the beginning, so she thinks that it's a nice thing that he's he's this you know hot shot. But in the end, when he, when he's a hot shot, so she's going to end up looking down upon him. When it started to be common for judges to give their money to certain people who knew how to invest the money, so Rabba Hashoichad. So since they were investing their money, so it became more common to have bribery, Vatayas Mishpat, and the bending of justice. And all good stopped. When it started to be a lot of people who were accepting uh, favors and and remembering the favors, everyone is going to do whatever they want. Because when you know that, that you can get away with whatever you want, because you, all you have to do is give the right favor to the right person, so you don't care about the judges, you don't care what people say. The low ones were raised and the high ones were lowered. And the kingship of the people of Israel got worse and worse. From the time there were people who were very cheap, and people stealing. So this resulted in many people who are not going to give people tzedakah, and, and people not giving out money to land. And they transgress now, which it says in the Torah, there's a prohibition not to lend to people. From the time that people started to be very haughty, and those who were 
with prying eyes, Rabu Mayim Hamarim. So there were people, a lot of people were drinking from the waters of the Mesota, Elashapasku. Eventually they had to stop it because it got out of hand. When they were when it became a lot of people receiving presents, So people's days were shortened, their lives were shortened. The verse says, Someone who hates presents, that's who is going to live. From the time that there were a lot of people that weren't listening well to try to understand what their rabbis were saying. So that's how all of the arguments came up in the people of Israel. When there were, there were a lot of students of Shama and Hillel that they didn't properly learn everything to the nth degree. So this also created more rifts in the people of Israel. The Torah looked like two different Torahs. When people started to take tzedakah, charity, from non-Jews, So this is actually a euphemistic way of saying that the Jews were on bottom and the non-Jews were on top. Jews were in the back and the non-Jews were in the front. When Yosef ben Yosef died, so he said that we no longer had Eshkolos in Klai Yisrael, or Eshkolos, or Yehuda, or Shmuel, Yehuda said the name of Shmuel, a person that has everything in him, meaning a very well-rounded spiritual individual, will continue from here in the next daily daf.